If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this exciting episode of Mind Pump. So exciting. Look, we're going to talk all about fitness in this episode, but for the first 48 minutes, we have a lot of fun just doing introductory conversation. Here's what we talked about in that first portion of this episode. We started out by talking about cordyceps. I love cordyceps for athletic performance. Yeah. And all the mushrooms available from Four Sigmatic or all of our favorite ones. The plethora of mushrooms. Uh, some of them boost your immune system. They're adaptogenic. They help your body handle stress, which means your body may adapt more efficiently, burn more body fat, build more muscle. Um, and then, of course, cordyceps being my favorite for performance enhancement. Now, Four Sigmatic is one of our sponsors. They use a patented dual extraction process for their mushroom supplements. If you go to Four Sigmatic, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash mind pump, and you use the code mind pump, you'll get a big discount. Then we talked about vegan protein and how most of them are disgusting, but not Organifi's. It tastes really good. It's actually one of our favorites and how uh, Adam has been using it in his delicious smoothie popsicles. It's the only time I go vegan, Sal. Organifi is one of our sponsors. If you go to Organifi.com forward slash Mind Pump and use the code Mind Pump, you'll get 20% off their protein and any of their other supplements. They have a lot of stuff on there. Then we talk about our friend Aria and how he got first place and overall at his last competition. The dude was diced, shredded, and muscular. Crazy genetics, that guy. Crazy. Yes. Then we talked about my sword and my home security, uh, I guess my approach. <laughs> we talked about the new pet we got at my house. You it's a guinea practice. pig, little cute little guinea pig. And then we talked again about my uh, my mobility or lack of mobility. Uh, we talked about how Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk are starting a space race. This is going to get kind of cool. Who's going to be to Mars? Space Force. We got the space race. Man. Wonder who's going to get to Mars first. Yeah. Then we talked about the impact of technology on the future. And we brought up the $300 million tech deal that McDonald's just did to create new menus. That's how much an app costs these days. Then we talked about fitness stuff by answering fitness questions. Here's the first question What's the most overused and least effective movement? that we see people doing in the gym. So we rank the exercises and talk about their benefits and which ones are probably a waste of time. Next question, how do you improve the mind-to-muscle connection? Now, the mind-to-muscle connection is literally your ability to feel, control, and squeeze a particular muscle. So let's say you want to build your butt. You want to be able to feel the butt working when you're doing exercises like squats, if that's your goal, again, to build the butt. We talk about techniques and how to improve upon that skill. The next question, if you're sick or getting sick, should you go work out or should you not work out? Which one's better for the immune system? Because I thought exercise boosted the immune system. What's going on here? Binge Netflix. And the final question, what was our, and when I say our, I mean Justin and I, number one piece of advice to Adam for fatherhood. He's about to become a father so we give them some wisdom. Yeah, don't screw this up. That's right. Also, this month, MAPS Split is half off. Now, MAPS Split is an advanced program, okay? So listen, if you like lots of volume, if you like going to the gym six days a week, if you've been working out for a while and need to take your body to the next level and you're ready for this kind of a program, 
It is amazing. It's a bodybuilder, physique competitor, bikini competitor, advanced workout. It's half off. Just go to maps, split, two S's in the middle, dot com, M-A-P-S-S-P-L-I-T dot com, and use the code SPLIT50, S-P-L-I-T, five zero, no space, for the 50% off discount. Also, listen, if you're not advanced, if you're listening to me and saying, well, that's too much. I can't go to the gym six days a week. Too much volume. It is a lot. I need something that is better for my body and my goals. We have a lot of programs. We have a lot of fitness programs, some designed for beginners, others for people who are immediate, people who want to just get strong, people who like to train like a strong man, people who like to train like an athlete, uh, people who like to do high-intensity interval training. We have lots of different programs. You can find all of them at mapsfitnessproducts.com. Think about it this way. This is a creative medium, right? Right. I'm, going, I'm with you. I'm with so you. So keep selling. Foster the creativity. Okay. And the podcast improves dramatically. Build so, it and they will come. Basically. So if we have VR goggles, right, we'll be like in, like imagine I'm talking about a study and while I'm talking about the study, we're flying through the brain. What's in your drink over there, brother? <laughs> <laughs> what you got there? Uh, cordyceps. Oh, yeah? Yeah, dude. Today's my caffeine-free day. So yeah. I do- I you, fi- on, you on that Four Sigmatic? Yeah. Oh, well, so I figured out for myself that the best schedule for caffeine is three days a week. But it what, in between, I still feel I need a little bit of something, a little bit of something mm-hmm. that gives me a little bit of zip that's not a stimulant, that's not going to- little zippy zappy. Exactly. And yeah. so I- do cordyceps because I notice. I think with- you, I think you Sal, you need to do a post on your Instagram or something. Even for me, like I always forget what mushroom is responsible for what thing. Like the- okay, so so I'll make it simple. I'll make it real simple. Uh, for athletic performance, stamina, strength, muscle. Cordyceps. Building, cordyceps will be the one. Good job, I'll, Justin. I'll jump in the. Game. You get a star next yeah. to your name. <laughs> I feel, I feel smart. Today. Yeah, I bet you had all the checks next to your name, didn't you, when you were a kid? I did. Yeah, you're in trouble. I, I raised my hand a lot. Uh, cordyceps uh, for performance, if you're like performance-minded, right? Um, if you want more nootropic-type properties, you want a clear thinking, you want something that's good for brain health, uh, that's Lion's Mane. Mm. Lion's Mane has got some pretty interesting studies backing it up. That's right, Mane. If you want overall anti-inflammatory, immunosupportive, anti-cancer longevity type effects reishi no chaga damn no, reishi the one reishi is the one i know that's the one that's the calming it calms you down yes yeah. if if you want enzeolytic properties reishi but here's the thing about these mushrooms and this is why i pushed so hard early on to get to work with four sigmatic is because these all these mushrooms although they have those specific effects they all have adaptogenic qualities and adaptogens, mark my words, the adaptogen market will be the biggest. It already is a huge market, but it's going to explode because adaptogenic supplements, herbs, and mushrooms help the body reach homeostasis. Mm. So they make them suitable, which makes them suitable for general stress, general anxiety, general lack of sleep, general shitty, yeah. you know, just not feeling good. They also play well with uh, other medications, right? Like if you're taking medication, like it's not going to kind of 
conflict with that? I wouldn't even say that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's Fair a bold. Enough. Yeah, that's random as fuck. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> where, <laughs> where did that statement. He was cocky because uh, he got yeah, that one. You out. get a couple right, also you throw out some bullshit right there. <laughs> we're, we're Feeling hot. Out. Let's throw this one out there. <laughs> did you see? Did you see Taro's <laughs> fucking guy? You know what else I like this about caffeine? Mush- really works. Yeah, he's, so you know what else I like uh, about mushrooms? It helps you get laid. They're fourteen double hydrogen bonds. What? That's not true at all. <laughs> it's actually an atomic weight of uh, 5.3. Yeah, no. <laughs> Did you see uh, Taro's shirt that he was rocking the other day? The uh, mushrooms are the new kale. He's right. Yeah. He's right, dude. It's, a, yeah. it's, 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 and the thing about mushrooms, too, is when you start to, to dive deep into supplementing with them, there's two ways that you can use them. You could either use the dried herb or the dried uh, mushroom, or you could do what's called a hot water extract. And both of them provide different benefits. But what Four Sigmatic does is they do a dual extraction process. <clears throat> so it's like you get all the benefits of the mushroom. Can I just say how, how proud of our team I am? I mean, living the brand here. Here you are drinking our chaga. One mm-hmm. of, then I got Rachel. I saw her. So those that don't know, Rachel runs the Mind Pump Media IG now. So uh, Taylor is uh, overwhelmed with all the other stuff that he's working on. Rachel's now taking over that, so that's nice. She's assisting that, so be polite, be nice to her. And I saw her this morning making the smoothie box with the Organifi uh, protein. She was she was smiling while she was drinking it. <laughs> you know, like, what are you doing? This is so good. Well, that's mm. so that's what I've been doing too. It's with vegan. except for I've been making the popsicles out of it. So I take the protein powder and I put it, and it, it's. For some reason, the the protein powder, I don't know if it's because it's the vanilla flavor or it gives it kind of a sweeter taste, which I think makes the popsicle a little better. With the collagen protein that it comes with, it's solid, but adding the the Organifi protein into the with the smoothie box and freezing it as popsicles, game changer. Well, I forgot how bad vegan proteins are normally. I was at Whole Foods. We were on a road trip, and I'm like, It's very ah. bad for plants. Yeah, <laughs> they don't like it. Yeah. Um, I had um, I wanted to pr- I wanted to sprinkle some into a smoothie myself, and um, I didn't have my Organifi with me, so I was at Whole Foods and I grabbed a packet of their, you know, vegan pro. Disgusting, <laughs> Organifi. I yeah. don't I don't know how they do it, but it's so much better than the typical you know vegan protein. So anyway. yeah, it's way tastier. Yeah, it's gross, dude. What's up with uh, Aria? Did he just crush? Yes. Shout out to crush. my bro, dude. So proud of this guy. He didn't just he didn't just take first place. He won the sword, which is like. Overall, yeah, the I, ultimate. Not gonna lie, I always wanted one of those, dude. Because uh, you you not only have to take first place in your category, it, they put you against all the first place people of the show, and you win the entire show. So that's a weird um, trophy. Yeah, it's a cool. Well, it's like Conan. Yeah, you know? it's like yeah, that's a, that's a dope. I'm a warrior. Trophy. I mean, I mean, it's, it is kind of cool. But who came up with the idea? Like, hey, uh, you know, normally we give people <laughs> medals. Like, what else can we do? It was probably some some like yeah. total dork. Give you know me, I mean? give me a sword. Give them a sword. Yes. You know what I mean? I have a sword. We'll duel. Know? I don't well, win my sword though. What kind of sword do you got? So uh, years ago, my house got burglarized. So it got it got <laughs> it got burgled. It got burgled. Yeah, which I'm trying to bring that word back. By the way, instead of like robbed, is that a real word? Burgle. Yeah, like if oh, you I if you burgled. if you're gonna go burgle someone, it's don't you burgle someone. me, bro? Doesn't it sound better? I like it. Yeah, it sounds smarter. Anyway. Uh, I, and what happens when your house gets burgled, uh, especially as a father with kids and everything, is your level of, uh, what's that word I'm looking for, Doug? Uh, you're, you're, you're hyper vigilant. Uh, you become yes. hyper vigilant. I don't care. It, it, after that happened, people would walk by my house walking the dog and they'd be like, yeah. 
this motherfucker keep walking yeah he's casing my house i know he is i'm like right so i went out and did some stupid shit so i bought a crossbow Mm, i bought a sword Mm -hmm. and i don't know what i was thinking and i placed them in different like okay was like a samurai sword or we talking like blunt you know four sword dude it's a crazy looking it's like a black sword and it's got like a jagged edge on one side and then i didn't realize like i thought to my i bought it and I'm like, somebody comes in here. Where Where did you buy this? I mean, Amazon. Like, what? Oh, okay. Yeah, but on Amazon. <laughs> you on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. That's stupid. But then I, I had the sword and I'm holding it and I thought to myself, I'm like, man, what a terrible way to kill someone. You'd have to like, you'd yeah, have you to get, kill You get a bunch them. of hacks. Yeah. 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 You'd have You're to, only like, going to go like so deep. You would exert a lot of energy right. trying to kill the perpetrator. Like you'd have to well, sit there. Well, if you there hit him like that, what if you just stab skewer him? Yeah. yeah. I don't think it works as easy yeah. as you I don't think it's like, boop, you're well, dead. Well, then you need one of those, like, what are those French blades? The ones that are like really thin and, and skinny. And then you <laughs> skewer them. Yeah, it's like zip, a zip, big zip. tack. No, like, think about it. Like, I, I went through in my head. I'm like, okay, like, because you have to be prepared. If you have a weapon and you're going to defend yourself, people don't realize this. A lot of times people will, like, buy a gun and it gets used on them because they don't, they're afraid to use it. So the person just walks towards them. They're not able. So if you're ever going to pull out a weapon and defend yourself, you have to be prepared to use it to defend yourself. So I had to mentally think about mm. using my sword and i'm Did like you practice on like watermelons outside like what was your process no i just in just in the air just that's, you know that's not good like be, a eh? kid yeah <laughs> i know i know come on man so i thought to myself like someone came in like what would i do and like i'd hit him but then they'd fight back and i'm like man i'd have to like i'd have to kill him for like 10 minutes <laughs> you know what i mean it's a lot of time killing that's terrible yeah i think shooting yeah. a gun would be a yeah. lot easier way easier right yeah just blink i think the ultimate home protection weapon would be a shotgun it is mm. right just they, to hear the noise right well <laughs> that's what they say they yeah. say that it's not only that but it's also it spreads so you don't have mm. to be i mean shooting right. a gun okay if you've never gone to a gun range and shot uh and then all of a sudden you think in a, a moment where you're scared to death for your life all of a sudden you're gonna have great aim. are you gonna get it right right or yeah. he's gonna hold still for you five yeah. feet away you know so there's a good chance if you've never really you're not comfortable firing a firearm and you have one in your house so you get a 45 you hit him in the foot he's dead <laughs> yeah you know, the, the kick the kick on that boom <laughs> <laughs> whoa yeah, yeah no shotgun you could be off by like five, you could be off your target by like 5 feet and no still, you know what still so stop that's him. what i thought too but um i have a, a friend of mine who's a, a SWAT and i i was talking to him and he said first of all shotgun is the, is one of the best for home uh security because the 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 sound it makes when you cock it or whatever, a lot of times that'll scare away an intruder. An intruder. I and then I brought that up. I said, "Well, what about the, the fact that I can put like buckshot or birdshot if I, if I don't want to like kill someone but really scare them? But if I or buckshot will kill them, but it has a spread." He goes, "If you're in your house, the distance between you and someone and she's like, it's not gonna make that big of a difference because you're not gonna be like from here to way over there." You're right in front of him. Well, it's not going to make that big of a difference. I don't know if I agree with that. That's I mean, it, there's a. How, well, you, I don't know. He's a SWAT guy. You I got, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He knows. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, I guess. I guess does every encounter when someone breaks in your house, you're within five feet. I mean, if you got to. Well, get think a, how big your house is. Yeah, What's the furthest he could be? Downstairs, and you're upstairs, bro. <laughs> You're gonna aim it at him, and you're gonna, and then is he? What's he? What are you gonna? When are you gonna, you're gonna shoot him right away? Of course, if you, I'm immediately. Upstairs, if I want the one that shoots. If there's the a walls. burglar in my house, I'm upstairs. He's downstairs, and I'm looking at him. I'm gonna fire from upstairs. Why would I go down? Let me get close to you and see if it's better. No. Oh man, we'll I know start, you're, you're right. I, I would. That's probably the smart thing to do. But in California, you go in jail. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. You'd yeah. be in jail, dude. 
unless they were like attacking you or they were brandishing that's a weapon. That's crazy. I think. I th- how does it work? Because I know, I know there there is some like loopholes to that. You're all, honey, get the knife and put it in his hand. Like yeah. I think, <laughs> I think if they if they've broken into your house in your house, you can legally shoot them. I think no, it's- not only Lana, if you're in Texas, yeah, not in California. Mm. Yeah. In California, they have to they have to be like uh, lethal. They have to be doing stuff to you, something to you, like attacking you or having a gun themselves. But if they just break in and you shoot them. You go to your your ass is grass. Yeah, that seems That's crazy a, to me because just the act of them breaking into your house is you know an act of terrorism. Like they're they're you know it's aggressive, it's it's violent, it's all those things. So why wouldn't you like defend yourself? Same. Well, yeah. so I, again, I asked my buddy the same question. He was a guy I trained jujitsu with, and I used to ask him these questions all the time. And he says, "Well, he goes in California, the odds are that you may get in big trouble." He goes, "However." What would you rather deal with, having to go to court right. to fight? I, that, I was going to say, I would, t- I would yeah. take, I would take the risk of having to fight it in court and not going to prison. If some dude's in a ski mask in my kitchen and I fucking, dude, and if my, they made that decision to break into your house, dude, it's lights out. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what it's, it's out. Yeah, that's what I would say yeah. too. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, but uh, but yeah, shotgun is supposed to be the best. So I don't know. I might be going. I might be going to the range soon to to try out some. Oh handguns. really? Yeah. Have you guys ever That'd gone? Be fun. Have, have you guys gone to? A range? Yeah, my it, my uh, brother in law actually for Christmas got us like this whole case of uh, shotgun shells, and he's been saying that we need to go. So I, I can't wait to go. I love. I like to shoot the uh, the clay uh, the the clay discs. I've never that they done shoot that. Too. That's oh, a blast. really fun. I've never that's done that. That's a blast. And that's right up that. the, that's right up the road from here. Yeah, for sure. Would love to do that. With I you have guys. never done that. It that's, sounds like so much fun. It is a yeah. lot of fun. It's a lot. Of, it, you know, it'd be cool for us to do it like during the week and there's nobody. It's like set up like a uh, going bowling except for you're shooting skeet. You walk around all at all these different stations and so we'll all go up there and shoot skeet together. Yeah, we could all do. We we'll could all skeet skeet skeet. Yeah. Everywhere, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'd be great. I don't know if I want to go anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway. Hey, I saw I saw on your uh, Insta. Was it on your Instagram? I saw this, or did you send Jessica it? Jessica must have said she posted it. Oh, okay, it's uh, Jessica. You got yourself. Bro, oh, you just got you got close. She did. She got close yeah. big time. She, <laughs> so my 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 kids have a, a dog at their mom's house, and we don't we don't have any pets. And and I see the 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 value it's brought to them, their responsibility. They have something to care for, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of work to have a pet and all that. Anyway, so Jessica has been trying to talk, you know, kind of talking about getting a guinea pig because she's she had one she was a kid and she thought it was great and this and that and the other and i'm always like i don't know if i want one it's work you know what if we go on vacation this that anyway last night we're sitting there eating dinner with my daughter and my daughter's like oh you know it's cute a guinea pig just because like you want to go get one right now i'm like oh (laughs) just like all she needed yep yeah that was it dude so now we have affirmed it now we have a little guinea pig it's only it's a it's a it's young so it's only this big but apparently they get like that big. What do you do with those things? They just like like spin wheels the whole time, right? That's um, all they do. I thought are they're, you like, think- they're like a furry rat. Yeah. They are rodents. Much. They yeah. are. They're from the rodent family. Yeah. yeah. Why not a rabbit? I want to get a rabbit. Rabbits are cool. See, I, got, had, I had one of those. We had a, yeah, we had a little little rabbit. That was, it was cool. boring. They just bite the shit out of me. Yeah. Aren't rabbits a little bit more vicious? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was nice, but yeah. then it would like, it didn't like getting taken out of its cage. And so it just like, Arr! and just bite my Just fingers. leave it in there all the time. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck you. Then. No, this one's cute, man. It's like if you hold it, it tries to burrow into your arms. So it's just yeah. like hiding there. And they're nice and furry. And oh, they're she, great for kids. Though. I bet I she loves it. it huh? yeah. Oh, my daughter's fucking shit. So did you have mind. like the sit down conversation of like, this is what you need to change this this often. You got to make sure you feed. You got to do all these things. Did you do the responsibility yeah. part of Clean it? Clean the poopies. Yep, we did all that. Had the whole conversation. If you think about it, you know, responsibility for kids, even if it's a pain in the ass and this and that, it, it, it's, a, it's a good thing. No, it sure. absolutely can be a sure, good thing. Sure. It, it gives them kind of like a little bit of purpose and- 
Plus, they have to be responsible for another living thing, which I think is a is a good thing. Yeah. It, but I think the big problem is a lot of times parents will buy a pet, and then they end up having to do. That's what I want the lizard. I'm so glad you didn't get a lizard. Why? They're paying the ass. Mm. Really? Oh, they're so high maintenance. Really? So high maintenance. Dude, you have to have like the right humidity. You have to have the right temperature. You have to like feed them crickets with like, and you have to dust them with this like calcium dust. And like, there's this whole process to them. And then you have to like entice it. So, you know, it must have got like some lizard with poor gut health. It was, (laughs) it was a fucking, (laughs) a fucking kind of lizard. You got a sow lizard? Yeah. Give it like like probiotics and shit. What the fuck? Oh man. Yeah. It was, it was a pain in the ass. And, and so we were trying to teach the kids this and I'm like, they're not going to ever do even like one step of this, you know? And so we ended up doing the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, and then its lifespan wasn't as long as, you know, the others. And so we went through the whole cycle of life. You got rid of chick- your chickens, too, didn't you? <sighs> Not yet. Okay. Almost, yeah, yeah. That's uh, in the works, and hopefully, well, Wait for not rid of them, but we're 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 giving them to like one of Courtney's friends who has a bunch of chickens, and like they're still producing. So we're like, I'm like trying to sell it to her friend, like, hey, here's our top performer, you know, and like this one, and uh, you know, so hopefully I'm close because I want that area back, dude. I want that back to like have my backyard. What are you gonna do with it? Uh, I have all these plants to like have a deck and everything extended out there. So like, uh, and so zip lines and all that shit. You're the most manly person in this yeah, room. I, I can't do any of that shit. I can't build anything. You could if you had to. That's I, the thing. I don't think I could. Yeah, that's the problem. Well, yeah, I could if I had to because I could call you. <laughs> hey, Justin, come over. I have oh, to do this no, thing. You gotta pay me a bunch of beer for yeah. that. So how many chickens do you have left then? Uh, I have four. Four chickens, yeah. four, five used to be five, yeah. and they're produ- they're producing how? Many- <laughs> I had to account for that one. Yeah, yeah. Did, how many yeah, eggs yeah. are there? We forgot to go grocery yeah. shopping on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many eggs are they producing? The four? They're. I mean, they were doing one a day, which was great. But Each one is doing one yeah. a day. So I would get that, but then they. St- they're so fucking uh, moody. You know, it's like some days you'll get them and some days you won't. And it's like, dude, what is the deal? Yeah, but are you spending time with them and stuff? Are you talking to them? No. Well, of course they're not going to. That's on, bro. I mean, like that was the kid's job and Courtney's job. And it was like, I I don't know. I, they're just so dumb. You're kind of striking out on the whole pets thing, man. Well, I'm good. I'm good with pets. Yeah, actually. he's got the dog. Animals. The dog's yeah. good. Who shits on his foot? Yeah. Well, it's, you know. <laughs> well, it's not going he's, so well for you over the there, guy. <laughs> and uh, I used to be great with animals. Maybe it's me. Yeah, yeah. who's the common denominator? Yeah, maybe it's me. <laughs> Shit, I didn't think about yeah, that. No. Well, yeah, no. Well, we'll see what happens with the with the little guinea pig. Yeah, you know, they're fun. Yeah. They're cute. We'll see. Her I, friends will come over play with her. I think that the only thing, the main thing with them is like changing the, um, like the new the bedding. Yeah, the bedding because mm-hmm. I think it starts to stink. Yeah, right? you do the spot cleaning every day, and then once a week you just clean it. They're pretty hardy. I did my research. I went online and read about them, and apparently they're pretty hardy little, little creatures. Like they live a long. If you take care of them, that little shit's gonna live like for another six years, dude. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we have yes. we're gonna we have like a like a long term pet here all of a sudden. Dang. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's committed. Six is I mean it's it's getting warmed up for a cat or a dog, right? That's kind of cool. At mm-hmm. some point, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll probably get. That was the other thing too. We were talking about what kind of dog would you want to get, and we're so opposed uh, on the kinds of dogs that we want. You are with Jessica because mm-hmm. I feel like you like all the girly ass dogs, and she likes big ass dogs. 
Oh. She wants a fucking monster. How funny is that? This That's... guy's like, I want a Pomeranian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, let's get a pit. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I showed her. I made the mistake of showing her an American Bulldog. You ever seen an American Bulldog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a 130-pound, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and she's like, that's the, the dog beast. that I want. I'm like, that's a, that dog shits bigger than I do. Are you sure you want this dog? I love it. Yeah. And then the one I like is like the little Bichon or the, you know, Pomeranian or like a. <laughs> yeah, all the chick oh, dogs. Oh, they're yeah. great. Cause you can, yeah, they're, they're adorable. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, dude, I'm, I, I, yesterday I was, uh, what was I doing? I was reaching up on something, climbing something, and I tripped and I had to catch myself and I caught a glimpse of myself catching myself. You know what I'm saying? So I had this unique opportunity. Like it happened in slow motion. To, I had this unique opportunity to witness my my movement. And we had just, you know, interviewed somebody that talked about the aesthetics of movement and why they're aesthetics. <laughs> and yeah. I looked and I was like, that looked terrible. <laughs> <laughs> there was no aesthetics in there That's whatsoever. That's how I feel like when I get out of the car every once in a while. Dude. Yeah. Like I, I catch my that, that same feeling of like except for I wasn't I'm not falling. But you know, it's I think it was actually your car because you have your car's kind of lower to the ground in comparison to mine. And you know I find myself I wedge my my forearm on one side of the side and then I when yeah. I get out and I I caught myself like oh my god did I just like yeah. make getting out of the car like a task dude yeah. dude I moved and I looked I'm like oh man that's bad like I'm not that far I got like 10 15 years before I you know step stepping down a curb I'm going to have to like take to pay attention so I told Jessica I'm like I want you every night hold me accountable to do like mobility and stretching work every single I have to I have to yeah. do it because I'm naturally stiff. My, yeah. my, my nature, my natural genetics is to be very tense and stiff, which is good for certain aspects of things, but terrible for overall movement. And as I get older, it's just getting It worse. was funny because after that interview, you're like, like, because he brought up something about wrestling and how oh, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. that, that translated right, to sports. Right away, I was like, you just shit on that idea. Like, no, bro. Oh, it was so great because you're like, oh man, this makes so much sense. He was so <laughs> polite about it too because yeah. I was like, that was probably the worst example actually of that of all sports. Well, no, it blew my mind. It yeah, completely blew right. my mind. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's a very specific sport that you get very good at. Yeah, and so you're not very athletic for other types of things. Yeah, he yeah. was like watching. Uh, what do you, he used the example of like. Shooting a basketball, you know, the, when the wrestlers would go try to shoot a basketball, they'd yeah. like go way over the net, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, that makes I'm perfect like, sense. Oh, that's me. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, I'm going to be doing that, and then one of the things I'm working on is my neck mobility because I'm sure you guys notice that when I turn my neck, I look like uh, the first Batman. You remember the first Batman with Michael Keaton, yeah. where the suit didn't turn his neck? If you pay attention, watch that old Batman. Oh, yeah. You'll notice every time it he turns. He has to look like, yeah. with his shoulders. His whole body, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's, that's me half the time, and a lot of that has to do with judo and jiu-jitsu because uh, you, know, you get thrown a lot, and you're constantly, your neck's getting cranked all the time, and so I've lost all this mobility in my neck. So last night, she was having me do... Uh, like tension moves and shit with my neck. A lot of the stuff that we we show in, in Prime Pro, mm -hmm. and um, man, that stuff's hard, man. It's been a game changer for it me, is. dude. I you I do a lot of this stuff religiously now because of what an impact it's made on my life. I mean, we mm -hmm. set out maybe, God, it's been almost two years now, when uh, since I've been uh, done with competing, and then the next big goal for me after that was becoming this like hyper mobile guy and. I tell you what, dude. If uh, you know, it's the, my favorite now. Is uh, it's really comfortable for me. Like I was just playing with kids this last weekend and stuff, and I'll get down in that squatted position and I'll I'll hang out there, yeah, bro. Yeah. I'll hang out there for a half hour I now, because yeah. it's actually comfortable mm -hmm. to be in that. Where I remember just two years ago, 
I mean, I would be sweating after two minutes of trying to sit really deep like that. It's now become a very comfortable position for me to relax in, and it feels amazing. And it's, it's amazing how the the potential of the body to adapt, isn't it? Because right, yeah. I think there's a lot of people. I I mean, I I'm sure you guys experience this too. I experience this all the time. Or a client would come in, and they were they had accepted so strongly that whatever their issue was was just there with them forever right like oh i you know yeah my back i i can't do that it just doesn't it, i haven't been able to in 20 years and then through exercise just to blow their minds for them to see that i haven't been able to walk this way without my knees hurting in in 15 or 20 years um it's funny because we know better right but it still blows you away well it's i think i think why people give up to that is because I think at one point most people try or make an attempt to improve it and the the bottom line is you it just takes a lot of time and a lot of practice and a lot of frequency to be able to reverse some of the poor habits that you've created potentially over decades Mm -hmm. and so you think oh because oh hey I heard on mind pump or oh I got this new mobility thing and I'm I've been doing it every day for a month and it's like, sure, yeah. I feel a little bit better, but I'm no, I'm nowhere near. And then they just kind of give up on it. Or, well, and that's somebody who's consistent. Most people are like sporadically putting it in and expecting it to to change. Yeah, their well, life. most people still look at it like stretching, like it's something like you're doing as a result of feeling pain instead of it being a practice that you're going to continue on forever. Yeah. You know, it's like it's not going to have that kind of impact and benefit unless you really adopt it as something that you're always going to be doing. You know, I even like, I create all these little weird habits now. Like when I take a piss, when I'm in the shower and all is to correct these imbalances. Like for example, my big one, right. That has been a a lot of work for me is our, our zone one test, the wall test, right? You don't do that while you're peeing. So I do that. I do that when I'm in the shower. Oh, okay. so I was gonna say because you need yeah. your hands, right? Well, <laughs> I don't even power pee. It's not even the hands part. So I, I like when I'm in the shower, I'll stand on the running hot water, and because the hot water is running on my back, I, it just it's what reminds me to get in that position, and I can feel my neck, and I just I tuck my chin and and sit back do and the double I chin. tighten my core and mm-hmm. and squeeze my glutes, and I just as the running water's on there. But I'm just it's just little things like that I've created. When I'm standing and I'm peeing, that was the the pronating of the feet. So you know my feet you to collapse in when I would squat. And so when I stand up and go to the restroom, I always make sure to shift my weight on the outside and then I'll move my toes yeah. and squeeze well, the Well, the floor. reason why this you is- You mentioned in your story, I mean, I touch my toes and I wipe my ass. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. They might not know uh, when they listen to this episode. Though, right. story <laughs> they will know. know. Yeah. No, those, those are good practices because uh, they become a part of your daily life. And so it makes it easier to do it every day. Right. Rather than having to designate time to you know although i think in the beginning you need to designate it no that's right? and that's exactly how it started so yeah. it started with this it was my main goal it had to be if i'm going to make if i was going to make this improvement it was like okay i'm shifting my focus of being the meathead bodybuilder guy now i'm going to be this movement guy and so workouts became completely centered around that it was the main goal then when i started to see really good progress it was motivating to keep going and, and then starting to increase the frequency of all this mobility work. Then I got to a point where I was like, holy shit, I'm actually, I can squat really well now. Now I just have to create those little practices. So now I, I do not have to prime like I used to have to prime to get into a squat. 
because what am I? I'm always priming all day long, all the time mm-hmm. with all these little practices. I just make sure I go to pet my dogs. I don't bend over. I get all the way down in my squat and I pet my dogs. Mm-hmm. I pet my dogs three, four times a day, every day. And so it's just a, it's become these little habits that now I don't have to spend 30 minute workouts trying to address it as long as I continue those things. And it's, it's been incredible, but you first have to put that work in, I feel like, to, to get to that point before right, you can do right. that. Right, right. Well, it's going to be a little bit of a focus now because it's getting bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I'm starting to move like a plank of wood. <laughs> you can imagine a plank of wood moving. That's what, that's what I'm starting to look like. You so. guys uh, keeping an eye on the, the space race that's going on between uh, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk? Now, why no. are they competing? What is the goal? Well, so they're not they're not competing. And they, they actually asked them that. And they're like, they don't they don't look at it as competition. They sure, look at they it don't. as... Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those Just, two guys? They, sure, they look right. at it as opportunity and they're, and they're, and they're getting after it. Now, we've known for a long time that Elon Musk has been... In the space race and with SpaceX yeah. and, and making his moves, uh, but now Jeff Bezos is uh, has the same agenda, and I think he his company is like Blue Origin. I think is what it is. Is the intent to bring like you know like average people up into space? Oh, no, 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 no. This is more like exploration Wi Fi. So there's uh, this is like Wi-Fi around the world. So there's like I think I forget what I what I read, but there's like four billion people that don't have internet access. And so the way companies like uh, Amazon look at this is, and Facebook, who also would like to get into this race but aren't, is, oh, this is 4 billion potential customers that we can have, connect, could, could connect. They could be 4, 4 billion more people mm-hmm. using Amazon. Mm. And I think that, you know, SpaceX has the advantage because Elon's ahead in this race because he started it first. Mm-hmm. But Jeff Bezos, I think, has way more power because he that benefits his company more than I think it benefits Elon Musk, if that makes well, sense. Well, what they're also, so I'm on their website right mm-hmm. now, and it says uh, their vision, so it's Blue Origin, their vision is a future where millions of people are living and working in space. And they want to do like um, tourism. In space as well. Oh, so here's what's wow. so fascinating. Like total recall. Here's what's fascinating. This is what I want people to pay attention to because we've had a space race before, and this was back uh, during the Cold War, when uh, the United States and the Soviet Union were competing to see who could do what in space first. And a lot of that was posturing. A lot of it was to show the other person that we have the capabilities to go off into space. Therefore, we may have the capabilities to destroy your country type of deal. A lot of it was national pride. We're going to be the first ones on the moon. We're going to be the first ones to send a man into space. We're going to be the first ones to have a satellite. But you had two massive countries spending insane amounts of money to uh, to be the first people on the moon or to kind of do the space race. Now we have two companies doing the same thing. This is a, an incredible example of market versus uh, kind of centralized planning. And so what I want people to watch is to see the difference between the two. Now, if there's definitely market viability, what I will predict is that you're going to see that Bezos and Musk and other private companies are going to do it faster, cheaper, and better than uh, governments ever have done. Well, to that point, this is also why I, I would leverage uh, on Jeff Bezos is because this is what he's notorious for is moving into a market and undercutting everybody. Taking a loss because this is the benefits of having investors and people backing you and being publicly traded is you can come in and you could go into a space, 
undercut everybody, take a loss for five five years, outproduce, gain the network of people, and then raise prices, which is kind of like the formula. Yeah. So is the moon, does it already have like real estate? Like have they divided it up amongst like countries? Or th- how's they, how are they managing I think that? the major superpowers uh, un- uh, made a treaty that said that nobody, nobody could ever, own no one yeah. could put a spa- like a station on the moon is kind of a so like let's say the U.S. went up and did that. Right. Well, first off, if a if a if a private U.S. company went up and said and tried to do that on the moon, yeah. they'd be breaking uh, federal law. Um, but and if a country did it, let's say the U.S. said, "All right, well, we're going to go put a space station on the moon," all the other superpowers would, and for obvious reasons, strategically speaking, that could be a very Bad, uh, yeah. you know, allowing your other countries to have a potential missile base or something yeah. on the moon is a bad idea. Yeah, there's all kinds of science fiction warnings about that. Yeah, but it it, it is interesting to see the the private market compete for space. You know, theoretically, there are asteroids and planets that are floating out there, and it's it's totally not market viable right now. There's, the cost would never justify it, but. In the future, who knows? There's 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 asteroids that are floating around that are made out of like diamond or made out of precious metals. This is true. And if it ever became, you know, viable for us to fly out and get, you know, mine, mine one of these it. things, I mean it could totally happen and we would totally do it. Yeah. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see what solutions they come up uh, with uh, through the market, like Elon Musk's and his reusable rockets, for example. I mean, that is a very cost effective in comparison to the older model of this huge rockets that burn out and then we have to kind of you know build new ones and stuff you know it's pretty I, cool i kind of think of like no one's really talking about what because here we are we're just now entering into 5g right and i where were we reading about the potential detriments of 5g it was it was when we were talking to uh, uh it was an interview that we had oh, done right. with the doctor so what i think about is like no one's talking about what's that going to look like when you know elon musk has three thousand satellites jeff bezos has three thousand satellites all around the world and it's all connecting this wi-fi and we're like in this big fucking wi-fi net that's yeah. constantly wi-fi the earth yes yeah. mm. i yeah, just i don't know that's just Nobody is no one thinking about that, like how that may not. There be, are there be, are people be, thinking about it. Be the most ideal thing. People are thinking about it, and there's a lot of people who are doing a little bit of pushback. So I don't know. I don't know. It's you know what's interesting about this. It's one of those things like, and I think that they need to be honest with their arguments. Um, for example, I could make the argument, you know, hey, if we make all this processed food that's cheap and easy to and has long shelf life, and that we could ship around the world. Uh, we'll feed more people, but part of the consequence of that will be obesity and chronic disease. Like we need to be honest. Like okay, yeah. if we provide Wi-Fi for the world, here's the, the potential, potential, yeah, risks and dangers. Here's that, the benefits. Yeah. Like there's gonna be economic right. uh, output will grow, explode. Third world countries will lift people out of poverty. However, cancer rates are probably going to go up by five percent or something like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, I because I, I remember that was the big scare when you had the cell phone so close to your ear. Everybody thought we were going to get brain cancer right away, and there was this whole like campaign that they're trying to explain to people that they're like big waves, and so it wasn't really affecting you like on that level, uh, cellular level. But at the same time, if you get this constant like influx of 
of you know radiation. whatever kind of radiation waves that you're they're throwing at you. Eventually, you know the accumulation of all that's got to add to something. Yeah, well, I'm not claiming I know what the fuck would happen because I have no clue and I don't I don't even fully understand the science of how the fuck all that I know. Shit works. Most but it just don't. seems like you're sticking us in a microwave. <laughs> totally <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Just, <laughs> and I just think that that doesn't sound like a great a yeah. great yeah. idea to yeah. me. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, it's a it's a rapidly rapidly changing world and we're stuck in these pre you know these prehistoric kind of bodies it's definitely getting more expansive which is interesting that we're really moving outward now we haven't even really like fully explored the the oceans and like really we know and map everything to to the fullest extent well the good news is uh biology right now is advancing uh, or at least medicine from that realm is, is advancing very rapidly and they're saying that this next hundred years we're gonna have breakthroughs in how to treat disease and work with the human body like we did with physics in the in the in the twentieth century, which is gonna blow, you know, the doors off of shit and it's gonna be kind of crazy. And so I think the big problem isn't gonna be what it does to our physical bodies. I don't think the problem is gonna be cancer. I honestly think we're at some point we're gonna to start to solve solve a lot of these chronic issues uh, through through treatments and stuff. I think a lot of the, the I think a lot of the problem is gonna be the psychological aspect of it. Like what do we do when we have everything? What do we do when uh, you know you don't have to work right. hard all the time? What do we do when lifespan is three hundred years? Th- like humans have never lived that long. Is what's that going to do to your psyche and your mind when you have that long on Earth? Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Like right. we don't know. So that's what you know. Especially when New you have challenges. Yeah. What does it mean when you can have anything you want? Like what is that going to do to yeah, us? How valuable is it going to be at that point? I don't. That's what I I'm saying. Know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe a great thing. It may be a, a, a scary thing. Like I was just talking. I was having a conversation earlier about all these. Um, one thing that really irritates me about uh, politicians and is a lot of the fear mongering they do, and they do it on purpose because they're trying to get you to vote for them. And one of the latest fears is that. Uh, you know, in 20 years, 70% of all jobs will be lost to AI. And everybody's like, ah, and they're freaking out. Uh, okay. Silly to freak out over that because if you go back 100 years, what percentage of the jobs that existed 100 years exist today? I know. You know, 100 years ago. Very few. Most of the jobs that existed 100 years ago do not exist today. Um, so that's going to be true in a hundred years. It's just going to well. look completely different. Right. People are scared of that change in that process that it's going to take to get us there. But there's always going to be something that presents itself. Right. Well, and I, even could, with- I could see. Okay. You, I, in in the defense of that person, it's it's probably scary if you're somebody who's who's accepted normalcy. If you accepted where you're currently at and you're not continually growing because. If you're just punching in nine to five, you have these baseline skill sets and you're not striving to be better or learn more or to keep growing. And then everybody else around you grows and we evolve and get beyond. Like, yeah, I would be fucking scared too. If you were an hourglass. So think of it like that. Yeah, I mean, if you're an hourglass maker and then the watch gets invented, yeah, you're like, fuck, what do I do? You're going to have to change. But that's always the way it's been. But here's the thing that's interesting to me because then they'll say, but this is different. AI is going to replace all jobs at some point or most jobs at some point. So there'll be nothing left. And I'm like, okay, so what you're painting is a scenario where Sounds machines utopian yeah, machines do yeah. all of our work for us. Yeah. And then they're like, well, but then who's going to, you know, people are going to be poor because of it. Okay. If nobody has enough money to buy the shit that the machines are building, guess what? It doesn't work. Yeah. So, so my Nobody's point is going to want it. My point is we're heading towards a material utopia. That is not the fear. Don't worry about the fact that, you know, machines are doing everything for us 
materially speaking, it's going to be a utopia. You'll be able to have everything you want. It'll be super cheap. You know, it's going to be super efficient. That's great. The thing you should worry about is the spiritual and the, you know, the psychological challenges that that's going to pose. Because if you wake up every morning and you don't have to really work because it's all provided well, for it's you. Like, it's yeah, like you got to find a purpose. That's it's like, it. It's like Jim Carrey said in his do- that documentary he did. Did you see that? Where no. he, he had that, where this, that latest one where he got interviewed. I think it was on Netflix, that one, where you just he seems all fucked up. His hair's all crazy. He's got the long-ass beard going, and he's talking about uh, being rich and famous. And he goes, I wish mm. everybody could be rich and famous. Oh, yeah. Because then they would know it's... It's not what you think it's it is. It's not yeah. what you think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. And how many times do we see that? You see this all the time, and we've talked about it before. I mean, look at the stats on the suicide rates and depression. And when you that's get- the real challenge. The real challenge isn't going to be, oh shit, machines are doing everything for us. We don't have jobs. That's not the challenge. I promise you. Materially speaking, as as long as we don't destroy ourselves with something crazy. We're going to be in a great position materially. Yeah. It's going to be the psychological and spiritual part that we're going to be we're going to be challenged. Yeah. Because imagine that. Imagine if you wake up every day and materially speaking, things are they're super inexpensive. You can have access to kind of whatever you want. It's not a big deal. You don't have to worry about a lot of things. Everybody thinks that's going to sound great, but they don't realize that a lot of the meaning they get in their well, life comes we, from we the have, challenges. We find worth. We have examples. Know, we have examples today of that. That's a microcosm of that. It's you look at like a, a kid who's born into a family that's filthy rich, mm. you know, and he from birth all given the way, everything that they is want. given everything they possibly want, and you know how many of those kids turn out good, and how many of them don't turn out so good, right. and I'm I'm willing to bet that there's more of them that end up being shitty humans later on than the, than the ones that actually end up being pretty damn good. And the ones that probably end up being pretty damn good probably had some some good parenting, you know? So it's not that every kid that comes from a rich home ends up being a shit butt, but I bet you there's a large percentage of the ones that get spoiled and get everything given to them mm-hmm. do end up being a shit butt. Yeah, so yeah. we do have examples of that now. What's it going to be like when we're all spoiled or we all have access, like you're saying, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. That's the challenge that I think we need to focus on, but nobody wants to talk about it because, you know, vote for me. I'm going to make you guys have more meaning in your life by giving you more challenge. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to fucking vote yeah. for me. With that I shit. don't know, bro. People signing up for Spartan races every fucking yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, right. yeah, you got to make it sound be, cool, though. I bet you 200 years ago, <laughs> someone saw that, they would be like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. You gotta, you're, you're paying somebody to do all that work? I got a bunch of shit out here you could do in my fucking, yeah. on my property. To help me out. You imagine that it's like a new pol- you know political like slogan or whatever. Like, has life become too easy for you? Yeah. Vote for me. I'll make it fucking hard. You know. And everybody's yeah. like, oh, maybe. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> hey, speaking of technology, did you guys you see struggle. the Did you guys see that McDonald's uh, tech deal that they did for three hundred million? You, you know what I'm most fascinated about that deal is. Yeah, explain to me what uh, well, that it's, entails. This is the response. Um, and I actually just saw a. I want to say it's Burger King who's doing it now too. These these guys are freaking the fuck out because of you know Uber Eats and DoorDashes and oh, okay. so no the the places that are being uh, hurt the most are fast food restaurants so there's all these stats on like the decline of eating out like people just aren't eating out anymore mm-hmm. it's getting less and fast food even less. So what you're seeing originally, companies like McDonald's were raising their prices, but that just drives customers away even more to try and make up for the dip of them not going out. So this is their response to how do we handle and how do we get? There's also minimum wage, you know, keeps getting raised and raised and raised. Yeah, no. And so they're automating everything. They're yeah. making menus that are automated, but the but the menus are smart. Yeah. Mm. So what the menus are going to do is they're going to sell more like. 
they'll present to you like more cold coffee when it's hot outside or more of these dishes at certain seasons and they're going to learn people's buying behaviors uh, right and it'll track it all it's so just like internet marketing well it's do you gonna start to learn people do either one of you guys use the, use the starbucks app no i don't uh, so starbucks does this already so like uh, starbucks has a doesn't even have as yeah, large of a menu as mcdonald's does but I, I order now because we have a Starbucks across the street. I order on my phone right here, and then it's ready for me to go pick up across the street. Well, it feeds me my most regular stuff that I look at now. So originally, when I the very first time I got on the app, I had to look for what I wanted. And then once I bought it one time, it now be, so that's what this will do is, you know, if you're a regular McDonald's eater, it's going to, and I'm sure it'll also start to give you special deals. Like that's how they'll entice you. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, Adam loves Big Macs. Yeah. He eats Big Macs like crazy. And we haven't seen him for two weeks. Let's throw a deal his way. If you buy a Big Mac, get one for free tomorrow. Yeah, forgot about our fries. So <laughs> it's going to be, I mean, obviously they needed to do this. I think they're a little behind on all this stuff. I think that these these fast food restaurants are, uh, are are going to get crushed by a, a lot of these. I other- think if McDonald's started today, it would have done it. I think the reason why they waited so long is McDonald's is massive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about three hundred million dollar tech deal to test it. Mm-hmm. To kind of, they're not even going to be at every single store. That's a huge, huge. So change. does this replace like some of the workers that would, yeah, would take the order? Yeah, in a sense. Yeah. Okay, oh, so it's going to be all automated. All, I mean, everything's automated. Especially, when you walk in. first of all, that's probably going to happen no matter what. But if they keep raising minimum, if they keep raising the the the, the bottom rung of the ladder for labor yeah. and making the cost of that going up go up, then it's going to it's well, going to happen. See faster. that in all the retail stores. I mm-hmm. mean, that's that's the big move right now is to get these kiosks and and get you know ahead of time they're going to get you into their ecosystem so that way you just walk in you get your your clothes you get whatever it is you walk out it already charges you well i have a client who's who owns nine mcdonald's and like her greatest challenge she talks about is minimum wage because as we keep raising the minimum wage she's like you know we can only she she has an allotted budget obviously that she has to run under in order for the place to be profitable and the most important person in, inside of mcdonald's is the manager who oversees all the shifts all to make mm-hmm. sure that everything's clean oversees all that stuff well even that person can't really make more than about 50 to depending on where you're at 50 to 70 grand a year well when you keep raising minimum wage up your hourly cashier who's just pushing the buttons and taking orders is starting to catch up to that and so then now you're getting like managers going like well, what why would I want to manage all I have to do is stand in the front and push buttons and I can make the same money same money mm-hmm. as the person who has to deal with all the stress of managing 30 of, employees of all yeah. of the of all yeah, of the the laws and, and policies that we pass that are asinine the one of the most asinine is our minimum wage laws a lot of people don't realize that they originated trigger warning as uh, as it's okay <laughs> a lot of people well this is the truth okay? I agree with you so this I mean, is, by but the I way mean, listen of course everybody gets butthurt about no this, no no so. you got to understand Something. Where yep. I come, I, I come from a position of wanting to help the disenfranchised, and here's what people don't realize: minimum wage laws, the first ones in the country, were actually created to prevent black laborers from taking the work of white laborers. And what they did is, black laborers would come in, they would offer their jobs, their, their work for less than the white laborers. This pissed off the white laborers who got together and said, "No, you can't charge." less than this amount. And at the time, the country was, certain areas were quite racist. So now these black laborers who could use price to kind of get themselves work, now didn't get work. Because now if I'm going to pay a lot, I'm going to hire the, the white dude because I'm, I'm racist against. And so that was, those are the first 
minimum wage laws. And now we've spun it to make you well, think that well, we're helping you. And, and here's what happens. Let's say you raise minimum wage to $15, for example. We'll just use that number. It really doesn't matter what number it is, but let's say we raise it to $15. You have made every person who is not uh, market worth $15 or more unemployable. So let's say you're disenfranchised. Let's say you're a felon. You broke the law before, but now you want to get back on your feet. Let's say you have no experience and you're going to go to try and get a job for 15 bucks an hour. And they look at your resume and they're like, look, man, you had a felony five years ago. I'm not going to hire you. You're unemployable. But let's say there is no minimum wage. I go to a place, the guy looks at my resume and says, well, you had a felony. Look, my job is paying 15 bucks an hour, but because you had a felony, I'll hire you for five. And then you can show me what you're worth. And the guys will say, no problem. I'll work for... Now they have some some leverage to get their foot in the door. So every time you see minimum wage go up, you end up seeing more unemployment among the disenfranchised and the young. So you're seeing less young people work, less young people... Well, not, not which, to- and people with with, with, uh, with uh, you know bad resumes or felonies can't get work. So they become dependent then on... To- on, on they're not getting jobs. They become dependent on the this whole system, the right. welfare system. Not to not yeah. to mention, there's different values for different jobs too. That within a job, right? So there's many, been many businesses that I've built before that I've looked at and go like, man, I wish I had somebody to just sweep the front every day, you know, for ten minutes. That's all. It t- but it's like I can't offer somebody a a five dollar an hour opportunity to just sweep the front because of something like that. Therefore, I got to figure out myself. I either got to tack it on to somebody else's job that has something other responsibility, or I have to get out there and do that. But I could employ I could have employed somebody who's who's hard up for money. And sure, it's not a lot a lot of money, but it's better than you being out on the street and begging on a corner. At least you have some sort of a job that you can come to and rely on consistent income. Minimum. But wa- I'm I'm handcuffed. I can't do that. You're right. So. Minimum wage laws are terrible for the disenfranchised for the people who need the help the most. And the irony of it is it's sold as something to yeah. help the poor. The reality does the exact opposite. If you eliminated laws on fixing the price, you would give people who were disenfranchised, who want to build experience, who want to do well, you'd give them an opportunity because now they can go and be like, look, I know my resume says I have no experience. I know this, that, and the other. I know I'm young or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'll work for this much. I'll work yeah. for less and I'll show I'll you. I'll prove to you. And then I'll build my experience and then take it from there. Right. You take away that opportunity when you pass these laws. And so, and not, not to mention, you're just going to fast forward the automation of things, which will probably happen anyway. You're just going to speed it up because you're creating a new market pressure on right. it. There it goes. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, MAPS Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpromedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Quee-qua. Starting with Mr. Dave O.C. What's the most overused, least effective movement you see people do? My money is on shrugs. Mm. Yeah, this is a tough question to answer because yeah, what are you using the movement for, right? So, like, I could make fun of the abductor machine as being a waste of time piece of equipment, oh, but you, c- you could even make fun of cat phrases, right? Right, donkey kickbacks, right? But if you're somebody who, you know, has limited range of motion, needs to work on hip abduction to activate certain muscles because they're not connecting very well. Now it becomes a very viable, effective piece of equipment. 
we make fun of Smith machines all the time. Mm-hmm. However, there are circumstances when I think a Smith machine will be very effective. So I think we might need to re kind of phrase the question is like, what exercise do most people do that they probably shouldn't do, you know, type of deal? In which case, uh, plyometric anything would be my answer. Mm. Most people have no business doing any kind of plyometrics uh, because they don't have the stability or strength um, to perform them well. And then on top of it, most people don't perform plyometrics properly anyway. Mm-hmm. They use them as a way to get really, really tired. Um, it's just another form of, of movement for them. So that that would be where I'd go there. I, I, w- I would get right on board with that. because I And I used to say this all the time to, to trainers that would teach plyometrics and they would not do them correctly where they would just be doing rapid jump boxes or ice skaters and it's just sloppy and all over the place. It's like... If you're going to do a movement and you're not going to focus on, uh, especially with plyometrics, and you're not going to focus on the explosion and the the intent of the movement, and you're just going to keep going back and forth, back and forth for repetitions, then you may as well just have them jump in place and swing their arms around like in circles and jump around in circles erratically because you're you're accomplishing the same thing by doing that. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not getting any better at at that movement by just having them do it to fatigue. Uh, and not control, and not controlling every explosive move. Well, I think we're just we're highlighting the order of operations, which you know what we do see is like people just jumping right over the entire process to get to the peak. And uh, you know, for me, it, it like along the lines of plyometrics, but just anything with you know speed and acceleration. Like uh, you know, if there's no work and groundwork and, and reinforcing the joints and making sure like mechanically everything is sound. And then now I want to add, uh, you know, that component of speed into the mix is, is going to, you know, expose any sort of kink in the chain. Yeah. I think here's the beauty of, uh, of exercise or in particular resistance training. It's extremely individual, individualized. It can be extremely individualized and it can be applied differently depending on the person. So exercises can be very effective or not effective at all depending on who's doing them and what they're doing them for. So to use the example of plyometrics again, if my intent is to burn a lot of calories and sweat, well, plyometrics become extremely ineffective uh, way to do that because the risk is very high and uh, I can sweat and burn a lot of calories doing something that's a lot safer. If my intent is to improve my explosive ability and I'm doing them properly, plyometrics become one of the most effective things you could do uh, toward towards that goal, and and this is this is true for anything. So uh, you know, I don't. I mean, and this is this is great because I remember learning this a long time ago as a trainer. Where, but when I first became a trainer, it was like some exercises were bad, some exercises were good, right? Like, oh, behind the neck press, behind the neck pull down, those are bad. They're they're a lot of risk, and they're just don't do them. They're not good for the shoulders. Later on, I realized if you can do a movement with con- good control, good stability. And good intent, in other words, the exercise and the way it's being performed matches the intent that it's being performed for, and the person can do it excellent, that movement becomes awesome. And it kind of doesn't matter what that movement is or how crazy it is. It's kind of like how I used to say there's no such thing as uh, bad gyms, only bad leaders in the gym, right? Mm. It's the same thing. There's no such thing as a bad exercise if it's applied right to the right person for the Mm. right reason. It's just Mm -hmm. the scope sometimes is super narrow, right? Right? Like. Olympic lifts is a good one. I was just on, uh, I got interviewed on a, a podcast recently. Good friend of mine who um, 
he manages CrossFit uh, boxes. Actually, he, he manages one for, uh, what's his name, who we had on the show. He's got like 40 locations. Oh, uh, uh, Jason Kaliba. Kaliba. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he jokingly is like, oh, I know you, you, you don't like CrossFit. And so we had this great discussion about, no, CrossFit's done some awesome stuff. There's some stuff I don't like. And I was talking about the Olympic lifts and how I don't like them being applied in a fatigue-based programming because it kind of defeats the purpose. And Olympic lifts are, are a great way to kind of illustrate what I'm trying to communicate. Olympic lifts are phenomenal at building power and speed strength in individuals who are, are ready for that kind of training and who can do it properly with good technique, good form. Um, they're great exercises. Other than that, they become terrible exercises. I, I, Olympic lifts, which are among some of the most effective movements ever invented with barbells, are terrible for 99% of the people walking around outside. Right. I would not ever have anybody come in, a brand new client, almost, I, I, I've never done this, have a brand new client come in who's deconditioned and say, we're going to do, you know, hang cleans or snatches. That would be a I've, terrible thing. I've never trained a client on Olympic lifts because I've never had somebody who has hired me and they actually would need my help. Most people that can perform Olympic lifts or should be performing Olympic lifts don't need a lot of my help unless mm-hmm. it's nutrition stuff related. If you are if you are a a great mover mechanically and you can perform Olympic lifts really well, uh, my, the value of me as a trainer mm-hmm. is is a lot less. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to go into a commercial gym like I worked in and you're going to hire me, I'm helping everybody else, which I think that's the part that why I I, I feel like we rag on the whole CrossFit thing so much is just that. It's not that it cannot be amazing for some people. Like I definitely think that it could be incredible for some people and probably the best thing ever. But I, there's just a, a, a much larger percentage that should be doing a lot of other things first before they get yeah, into that. Yeah, and I think, too, like they may have been hinting at the fact that there's some exercises that are pretty much a waste of your time uh, that uh, you know we started to kind of bring up in the beginning in terms of like the Smith machine and like donkey kickbacks and these types of, you know, things you see all over Instagram and, um, you know, the high rep phenomenon that that's going to get you all toned. And, um, like, so there's, there's that other side of this, this coin where, you know, that there could be more effective things that you could do in the gym. It doesn't mean that there isn't a place for these little nuance, uh, single joint movements that look ridiculous, but at the same time, like, it, well, they're useless if you're not doing, uh, you know, in combination with something that's or, or not know, or not effective. using them for the right thing or the like, right reason. Yeah, yeah right, like if you, you do a donkey kickback with someone who's got poor connection to their glutes, needs to work on that movement for whatever reason. Uh, maybe they need to work on that particular plane of movement with their hip or whatever. A donkey kickback could be a great exercise for that person. And I mean, really, what you should do is take all the exercises that exist and list next to them the risk of performing them, the level of skill required to perform them properly, and then what they're good for. And what you'll end up finding is some exercises have a lot of benefits for a lot of people, and and some very little. And most importantly, what your specific goal is. Mm -hmm. Because even like the example, he says, my money is on shrugs. Well, if if your goal, you, you don't have any desire to have these massive looking shrug or massive looking uh, traps or you don't have to stabilize something over your head so it's not helping you perform so then maybe it is same thing that's like the example with calves like we walk around all day your calves get used so they're functional enough 
But if you're not trying to if you're not trying to build them for aesthetic purposes, then they could be argued that it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on the person's goal because I could take somebody's goal and make the argument that even the silliest and most yeah. ridiculous of exercises has some application well, for that person. I'll be honest, the, uh, the assisted pull-up uh, leg press, yeah. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Okay, yeah. I'm not going to get on board with that. Yeah, yeah. I, again, like, look at the... If we were to list exercises and see how many people that would benefit if done properly, you would find that some exercises have a lot of benefit for a lot of different goals and a lot of different people. Like a barbell squat, for example, is one of those one of those things. What if I just want to improve my power? Barbell squat will help with that. What if I just want to improve uh, my hip uh, and ankle mobility? Barbell squat will help with that. What if I just want to improve the aesthetics of my lower body? Barbell squat will help with that. Like I could go down the list and show that some exercises just have a lot of benefits and some exercises have very narrow benefits. Some are purely correctional in nature. Like if I do external, you know, shoulder rotation type movement, stuff that you would see for like rotator cuff tears. Like, do I have lots of people doing that all the time? No, but if they need it, it's very valuable. But if they don't need it, is it valuable? Nah, not really. There's other exercises that we could do for shoulder mobility that are going to have more carryover and stuff like that. So uh, it's it's hard to be super and just say like, now I guess we could talk about what's a very overused exercise. Like what's a movement? For me, plyometrics was number one. Like those those I see overused just because most people are not trying to build power and not in the real sense. They don't even know what that what that means and they're doing them wrong. Uh, are there any other things you can? Are there any other things you guys can think about that people just overdo? And he's like, yeah, you don't really need to do a lot of that. Hmm. The plyos are a great it's one. It's got to be right. Yeah. Because yeah, well, when I look at when I think about looking in the gym and I the people oh. that I see that it's rarely Cardio. ever that I see a you know athlete that is that is doing it. And not only that, it's rare I see an athlete, and it's rare I even see an athlete doing it correctly inside of inside. Of it's the gym. usually like a forty five year old, right? You know, woman or man trying to lose <laughs> trying to lose body weight, and the trainers putting them in some sort of a circuit, right? So I I, I would get down with that. Um, you know, I think I could, I could overgeneralize like just machine exercise. I think we still are as much as, as much progress as we've made in the gym with more people using free weights and, and, and training barbell complex movements as much as I think that we've, we've moved in that direction. I still think we are, we're grossly outnumbered by the people that are staying on machines just in yeah. general. So you, using your formula that you you alluded to, which is, you know, does this move, what are all the things that this movement benefits? Uh, machines in general just don't even come close in comparison to, to free weight type yeah. exercises. Yeah, or what about just, you know, many times single joint exercises for the average person? Like I see most beginners <clears throat> work out when they do pick up weights. Most beginners do curls. Mm-hmm. Everybody does curls in their workout when most beginners should be practicing movements to help them squat, deadlift, and press, mm-hmm. or row. Like, those are the things that should be really focused on. Well, and you don't see it as, as often, right? I, I mean, I I would say, I don't know if I've seen this a lot in the gym, because I haven't really been in a commercial gym that often anymore, but it used to be you'd see a lot of people just balancing and doing a ton of <laughs> balance exercises, thinking that this was going to, like, uh, not only, like, build muscle, but it's going to get them all this athletic performance just because they're trying to stabilize when, in fact, they're not working on actual force production by having, you know, their feet in the ground. I have one. Planks. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah. uh, like like the other movements we're talking about right now, first of all, it's it's rare. it's rare when I see somebody actually perform a plank correctly. 
most planks I see are are done very poorly, and then that really just defeats the purpose of that exercise completely. Mm-hmm. So the main reason why you would even do that, uh, you would need to be in the, the proper spine alignment to make it beneficial, and just sitting there in a plank position and holding it for one minute, two minute, five minute, whatever, uh, is not benefiting that person. Yeah, in fact, it, it could potentially be doing more harm than yeah, good. Most people can't do a plank properly. They don't have the strength to do it properly. No, that was a good one, Justin. Uh, years ago, when the whole balance craze you know, entered into the gym with all the weird tools and stuff, it was like fucking everything. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, every <laughs> exercise involved the balance of some sort. Every exercise was on a physio ball. Everybody was standing on one foot. Yeah. And it was just it was just way overdone. You're not getting the benefit that you think you're getting from it. It's it does have benefit in specific situations in certain applications. But I remember I mean I was guilty of it. I saw yeah. when it came onto the scene, was it was too. like the newest thing and everybody was I was having people doing tricep press downs while standing on a <laughs> dyna disc. It's like what? <laughs> Next question is from Friends Demamos. How do you improve the mind to muscle connection? Mm. Oh yeah, good question. This is Justin's wheelhouse with his isometrics too. Oh yeah. yeah, that's got to be that's it's that's how I've always gotten people to feel a muscle is to oh, squeeze yeah. in the contracted position. It's actually made me revisit like when I get somebody brand new. What what do I do with them initially? And the you know the most beneficial thing you can do is really get them to hone in on you know their their body and like their joint function and what that should look like. And so to slow everything down and like really uh, create these body weight exercises, but now hold certain positions so they have enough time to really feel the process. Uh, and that's, that's what isometrics provide. I mean, it really does help to uh, amplify that, that communication channel. So it's like, now I have, now I have a good understanding of like what I, how my body should move and react and now I can add load to that situation, and so it's 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 a great great tool to kind of uh, get you know just your your average person to really uh, understand that process that mind muscle connection. Our most viral YouTube video, uh, I did it I think a year and a half, maybe two years now ago, uh, is in relation to this. So if you're listening and you are. Uh, wanting to build your butt, which is a very common reason for people to be squatting or lunging or doing these movements. But then a lot of people uh, struggle with feeling those exercises in their butt. They typically still feel most of it in their legs. Uh, this is a great place. And this, so you, that's, you're trying to work mind-muscle connection here. The glutes are the predominant mover in a squat, but yet we feel more in our quads. And that's because you've got a poor mind-muscle connection right to your glutes. So doing some isometric stuff for your glutes before you go into squats, and that's what the, uh, I forget the title of the butt secret uh, video, what, what we call it. Jackie can link it. Butt secret? Uh, yeah, I don't I think it was the three. It's a, it's a fart, right? It's like, I, I, think I, I think I titled it the three best secrets to make your butt grow or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. I think um, that's what it was. And it's it's by far the most viral video we've ever done. Jackie can link secret. it into the show notes if you're if you're listening right now. And you all, it, also, if you're not subscribed to the Mind Pump TV YouTube, this is the type of content that we try to provide on there. It's an incredible resource of information, and this video helps that. But that that same theory applies for all muscles. So, yeah. you, so I, I like to use the butt because I think it's the most popular that people struggle with feeling. Um, but you still have people that just they have a hard time feeling stuff in their chest, and so doing isometric holds uh, and squeezing the muscle that you're trying to focus on before you go into 
the movement is a great way to improve upon the mind muscle. Yeah, connection. it just re- it, it really reflects how disconnected uh, people have become to their bodies. Mm-hmm. So mind the muscle, it just refers to you being able to feel and control the muscle that you're trying to work. That's all it is, really, just to, just to put it plainly. So if you're trying to work your back muscles, you really know how to feel and squeeze them when you're doing back exercises. If you you know want to work your shoulders, you really know how to feel and squeeze them and control you know how they move when you're doing those exercises. But it is funny. I, mean, I it wasn't. This was not uncommon at all. I'd get a new client, and we would do an exercise, a basic exercise, one that that you know two months in become easy, like a tricep press down, and they wouldn't feel it in their triceps. In yeah. fact, they would do the tricep press down, and they would say, "Where am I supposed to feel this?" Trainers who are listening know exactly what I'm talking about. This is a very common thing that a client will tell you when they first start working out. What am I working right now? Mm -hmm. And it sounds crazy if you work out all the time because you're like, don't you know? You don't feel the muscle. No, they don't. They have no mind-to-muscle connection. Now, why do you want a mind-to-muscle connection? Is it so you can feel the muscle just for the sake of it? No. It's because the more you can connect to that muscle, the better you can activate it doing exercises and the more effective you can make those exercises for that particular muscle. So the more I can feel the parts of my back working when I'm doing a row, the better I'm able to perform a row to work those parts of my back. Studies will show that muscles fire better when you do this. This is something that's been prized amongst bodybuilders for decades because, of course, bodybuilders are the king of mind-to-muscle connection. Bodybuilders literally are trying to constantly sculpt their body in particular ways. And so they need to feel certain muscles working over others. Otherwise, they would overdevelop some muscles and not other ones. Now, when it comes to mind to muscle, in my experience, the best way to feel that muscle is to put that muscle in its fully contracted or fully squeezed position and then squeeze it and squeeze it, sometimes with resistance, Mm -hmm. until you feel that muscle. And here's what will happen if you have a poor mind to muscle connection. You'll go to squeeze it in that contracted position, and you'll feel the muscle turn on and off. You'll get this little shaky kind of feeling mm-hmm. in the muscle where almost like your, your, your light switch isn't fully engaged, so the light is flickering a little bit. Right. And what you're feeling is your central nervous system having a tough time really connecting to that muscle. You're not getting a full signal. You're getting kind of this half signal. Mm-hmm. And you know you experience this when you first start working out or if you take a long layoff. You'll go to do a bench press or an exercise and oh, you'll feel shaky. that, oh, that yeah. shaky, laughy feeling in your muscles. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a uh, it's kind of a good example of what ends up happening. So the best way to connect to that is to get into a fully squeezed position. So what does that mean? So let's say it's my bicep that I have a poor connection to. <laughs> Which is a bad example because right. well, nobody has a poor connection. Most people don't, but it's an easy <laughs> one to understand, right? If my bicep was hard to feel, I would to, to, to feel it, I would flex my bicep so it's fully flexed, and then I'd squeeze the shit out of it in that flex position. That helps me connect to it. If it's my tricep, same thing. It's, if it's my shoulders, my back, my chest, my glutes, my hamstrings, any muscle, put it in its fully contracted position, hold and squeeze it in that fully contracted position, oftentimes with resistance, and you'll start to be able to feel it more. And the best place in time to do this is at the beginning of your workout. Because then when you go do your exercises, now you can feel that muscle working. And a lot of people are, a lot of times they're unaware that, I mean, they're not even going through that full range of motion. Like they, they, they don't even understand that the lockout, they're not even at full lockout yet. And so there's there's part of that process that they're 
neglecting to even, you know, have it respond properly. And so, you know, taking them through each one of those steps. And that's why I like single joint first. Like I like to really focus in on, uh, you know, the single joint movements so we can get everything to kind of, oh, this is where this part of my body is going to respond this way. Uh, when I, when I, when I curl up, it's, I'm supposed to feel it here. And so that you get this better understanding of the bigger picture. Now you start adding in these, you know, multi-joint movements right. and you can see how everything kind of harmoniously works together. Right. Well, so if you want to oh, go ahead, the science to support this is reflected in our maps prime program. I mean, this is uh, exactly how the, the, this, the science around this is how we created that program. And maybe one of the most underrated programs that we have out there, because I think it just, there's a lot of confusion for so many. A lot of people are like, I don't get it. There's MAPS anabolic, aesthetic. Is it like that? Is it a routine? It's designed to complement anybody's routine. I don't give a shit if you're actually following something as bad as CrossFit or any other routine that you do. Yeah, any of those routines. You could be following any sort of a program and implement MAPS Prime and get more out of that workout based off of what we're talking about right now. Right, and so the best way to apply you know, these techniques to connecting the muscle is before you do your workout. So before you do your workout, spend 10 to 15 minutes priming the muscle in question, priming it by squeezing it in its contracted position and feeling it and trying to connect to it. Do it at the beginning of every workout. And then when you do your exercises, you'll start to feel it more. You'll get a better feel for how to perform the movement so that you can feel it into target muscle. And over time, feeling the muscles that you right now may have a poor connection to, gets much and much and much easier. And I, I did this to myself as a kid. I remember doing dumbbell pullovers and doing straight arm pull downs to feel my lats because I could never feel my lats when I would do pull-ups. It was always in my, my arms. I never felt anything in my back. Priming, it took me a month, a month of priming before my pull-ups. And then that was it. From then on, I could always feel pull-ups in my lats from then on. It was always like, oh, there's that connection. I know how to engage them. And then my results were much better. Next question is from Brand Berry. If you're sick or getting sick, is it better to push through and work out to boost the immune system or just take it easy? Yeah, there's a little bit of a misconception here. Uh, that Suck it up. Exercise is an immune strengthener, okay? No, no, that, a, it's, a, it's initially a stress. Well, that's, well I was going to say, exercise will strengthen your immune system after, as an adaptation process, during the exercise, your immune system takes a hit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's that's where that's where the confusion comes from. People are like, "Oh, being active is good for my immune system. I'm getting sick. It's let me go outside and run. It's simpler. Out. It's simpler to the theory that we we lift weights, and when we lift weights, we build muscle. We don't actually build the muscle when they're lifting weights. It's the response the body has to lifting right. the weights after the fact. It's the, the adaptation process. Right. Same, same concept. Right. Right. So. Um, if you want to strengthen your immune system, definitely be active. Uh, it's a great way to do it. If you're getting sick, stressing your body both takes resources away from fighting the the illness, um, and it also adds another stress to the body, yeah. which is just going to. And, and I've seen way more people. I've seen this many many times where people are about are getting sick, then they go work out real hard and they get really fucking sick. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's a terrible thing. Well, it's like I mean, what they call the hormetic response. Like you you don't only want to introduce so much stress while your body has to like overcome it. So to uh you know to to, to try and overcome all this excess of stress while your body's fighting something internally. Now you're competing you know with all these multiple stresses at once. So you know for you know to to add on to that for the most part is probably not going to be a good idea. Now, now that being said, 
Do you guys agree, though, uh, like walking on the treadmill or mobility type work? Recuperative type movement. Right. Yes. Things that are a little more recuperative, which is typically what I recommend to clients is if you're starting to feel under the weather, this is not the day we start you know, pushing reps, breaking hard sweats. This is the day we do mobility and we do some stretching. Well, because circulation go for nice heals. Right. And so there's that there's that part of the process where I think, you know, and then that probably gets, you know, misinterpreted with, you know, I got to work out. But really, yeah, you should take it. You should work out, but be mindful of the fact that it's like very, very low intensity. It's yeah. Like you're just moving through these movements. Yeah. If the workout is parasympathetic, if it's relaxing you in a real sense, not in the fake sense, where like, I'll go beat the crap out of myself and now I feel better but if you're actually doing the workout as and, it, and the results of the workout is it's relaxing you and, and bringing your stress levels down then it could benefit you just through because it's bringing stress levels down um, rest is one of the best things you can do when you're sick that being said too much rest can also become a stress on the body <laughs> so if you're at home and you've got the flu and you're on the couch all day long one thing that may help you is to get up off the couch and just go for a 10-minute walk outside, get some sunlight, move the body a little bit, let the body know, hey, I still want to be alive. Um, it brings a stress level down in the body and, and helps uh, amplify your your at least your immune system and the ability of your body to fight off illness. But the worst thing you can do when you're getting sick is go beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is a lesson that I still learn today. <laughs> it's not an easy one. But it's when I still I still learn it, I, and every single time afterwards, I'm like, "Gosh, man, when am I going to learn this well, damn well, lesson?" Especially when it's just kind of like just starting to, That's it. to feel it, and you're like, ah, "You kind of you know," but you're trying to ignore it because you're just like, "No, I'm not going to let it happen." Well, it all depends on who I'm talking to, right? Like the the people that have a hard time getting to the gym and look for any excuse to get out of the gym. Right. You know, they sneeze, and then it's like, "Oh, I should probably take a day off the gym." I have a little tickle on my <laughs> right, throat, right? And you. Probably not. You probably need to get there. But it, it's my people that love to work out. And if anything, I'm always pulling the reins back. Those are the ones I have to be careful of when it comes to training when they're sick. Because they're like, I'm going to sweat it out. It'll make me feel better. And it's like, whoa, we'll pump your brakes. You're already coming down with something. This would be the day that we're going to pull back. Dude, you know? for me, some of my most intense, hard, crazy f- workouts during the workout was when I was starting to fight a cold. So I'm fighting a cold. It's coming on. And I'm telling myself like, ah, man, like I kind of feel like I'm getting sick, but I need to work out. You know what I'll do? This is what I always do. I'm going to drink some caffeine. I'm going to have a fucking ton of stimulants. I'm going to take a pre-workout or something. Yeah. And then that hits me. Then I go work out. And and because of the the cortisol is already high because I'm sick or getting sick, and that gives you energy, throw the stimulants on top of it. Now I artificially feel better. So now the contrast makes me think I'm Superman. So now I- day you're just like, wow. Yeah, now I beat the crap out of myself in the gym. Like, fuck it. And inevitably what ends up happening is the stimulant starts to wear off about two hours later. And I start to, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, oh yeah, that was a bad idea. Yeah. Here I go. It's going to get a lot worse. opened up the gates. And it just gets a lot. There was this one story of this um, athlete, young athlete, 20 something year old. I think it was this. I think it was this guy who was getting a chest infection and decided to go out and just fucking run it off. And he ended up pushing his body really hard. And what it did is because of the deep breaths, he was driving the infection deeper into his lungs. Oh. Actually, died. Wow. And, and of course, depressed his immune system because I think he went around twenty something miles. I remember it was years ago. One of my doctor clients showed it to me. He's like, "See, be careful, yeah. Sal." 
So sun, circulation, I mean, is there like a, what was that? It's not um, echinacea, but was that other herb that you always recommended? Oh, elderberry. Elderberry, yeah. yeah, That's right. Echinaceas might have some benefits. Elderberry's got some clinical, um, you know, evidence to show that it's antiviral. Um, You could also take your adaptogens when you feel like, because I can tell when I'm in a a prime uh, situation to get sick. So before I get sick, I know, uh-oh, I better be careful because I haven't been getting good at sleep. I've been pushing myself super hard in the gym. I'm a little bit stressed out. When that starts to happen to me and I'm not sick, then what I'll do is I'll supplement with adaptogens. Mm. Like uh, chaga is a great one. We talked about that early in the episode. Mm-hmm. I'll start to supplement with the Four Sigmatic Chaga. Um, and usually what I'll find is that uh, I'll, I'll start to feel a little bit better and it gets me back to the point where I know my immune system's strong. Um, but if I don't do that kind of stuff and keep pushing myself, it's like I can get vitamin can C it. too on top of that. Or are we kind of, there's some weird, you know, a little bit of back and forth. Yeah. It's that. conflicting evidence yeah. with vitamin C, whether, you know, it helps or not. A lot of I know zinc too is another one. But, zinc, yeah. zinc seems to, seems to help, but it's the way it helps is kind of interesting. If you have to dissolve the zinc lozenge in your throat, and I guess the zinc prevents the virus from adhering to the back of your throat, like the rhinovirus, which is the, the, the cold. Right. So you suck on these zinc lozenges. The virus can't uh, proliferate in the back of your throat where it likes to. And so, so it, you flush it out more yeah, easily. And it, mm-hmm, and it reduces the severity and the length of time that you have it. What's the, what's the one that I always fuck up? The Elderberry. Yeah. yeah. That, one, that one was, you got me on that a few years back, and I actually always can tell a major difference when I do that. Oh, you know? it's, it's yeah. one of the only ones that it's has actual bi- evidence. It's a big yeah. game changer. It, it does work. Yeah, I, no, no one had ever told me that. Uh, and I remember you dropping that on me like the, when we, the first year we started Mind Pump. And I was like, oh, this was crazy. And every time I've been sick, like that's the first thing like I right away start sucking. Dude, on there's those. several remember when what was that flu that was it was an H one N one that was came, that came mm. out a while ago? Remember it was mm-hmm. everybody's freaking out? Bird that, flu? Uh, no, no, it wasn't was bird, bird flu, flu, but it was yeah. a it was a strain of oh, influenza that yeah. was everybody was scared about. Mm-hmm. They actually did a study showing that elderberry uh reduced the length of time and the severity of of that strain oh, wow. in particular. But it's it's against the flu in general. And there's uh, I think the studies I want to say out of Israel, there's several of them that show that uh, it's one of the only natural things to actually fight influenza, which is a nasty, nasty virus. Hmm. Next question is from Emily Ann Mady. What is your number one piece of advice regarding fatherhood for Adam? Uh, Yar, matey. Boy, (laughs) oh boy. Teddy daycare on his way. Dude, I am like over the moon excited for this new little baby. I know you forced me to get my excitement up because I feel like you're so excited. Oh, I'm my like, God, bro. I, I was like, I can't let Sal be more excited about my kid coming than me. Well, <laughs> I know. we got to step it up, man. Yeah, <laughs> Start I, doing some jumping jacks or something. Well, you see how I am when like Katrina comes in. I'm like, oh, my God, how are you doing? Yeah. What's going on? She's how do you like, feel? right to her belly. Just, yeah. Hey, talk to me. Oh, I yeah. love it. You yeah. know, what's, it's, it, what's, what's crazy about it is because this is your first. I remember with my first, I was excited differently than I was for my second because I had no idea what to anticipate. So it was a weird situation. I remember that one night I was sitting there, I was really thinking hard about it um, because at the time, you know, I was was married and and my wife at the time, she had, you know, the big belly and there's a baby in there and she's connected to the baby, like, like literally connected. The baby's inside of her, connected to her. And she's like talking about the, and I remember thinking like, you know, I'm excited about it and I love kids but it doesn't feel the same. And then when he was born, it hit me like a fucking tidal wave. And I realized it's because 
for us, it's just a fucking idea. Like we don't we don't feel it. It's not yeah. a part. Our bodies aren't changing. Right. We see it happening in our partners. And so then when the baby was born, when my son was born, I remember it became super real. And then when you drive home, it's funny. They let you go home and you're like, are you sure it's cool for me to leave with this kid? Like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it's on me. Right? Yeah, yeah, like you have all this responsibility. Oh, I was now. so scared to put him in the car seat and in. <laughs> I was like, no, we got to like, you know, put him in like bubble tape and hold him the whole time. It's like, we're driving hella slow. Oh my, so slow. Like, like, and that's totally, you're going to be the same way. I guarantee you. (laughs) It's the most fragile thing, but they're not fragile. That's what you're going to learn. Oh, you watch the nurse change your kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just throw him around. I mean, yeah, I know you kind of have practice, but it's when it's your own kid, it it is like, whoa, this is like my own little gold mine, you know? Yeah. I, I guess the big, the biggest, I don't know. What's the number one piece of advice? Um, you know, go easy on yourself. Yeah. Uh, this is something that that I have to continue to remind myself as a, as a because I'm going to be a parent, you know, obviously for the rest of my life. And something that 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 come that you'll want to do is you'll want to critique yourself. You know, as a father, you're gonna there are going to be moments when you're going to be irritable. Mm-hmm. You're going to snap. You're going to say something. Because you're human, we all do that. Uh, but it's different when it's your kid, because then you're gonna be thinking like, "Fuck, man." Mm-hmm. You know, I just I remember one time I I I yelled at my my kids, and they just I scared the shit out of them, and then they kind of started crying a little bit, and they walked away. And I remember feeling like, "Oh shit, I just ruined them." Like I just ruined <laughs> them, you know, the psychological damage. Yeah, yeah, and you just I always think that ah. go go easy on yourself with that kind of stuff. You're gonna make mistakes, and it, it, you know it's okay. We all we all turn out okay, so. I guess I think that would probably be the biggest one. That's, that's really good advice. You know, I've been obviously tons of people giving me advice right now, and I I always like the ones kind of like that that are just you wouldn't think everyone likes. Oh, you're gonna be so busy. Oh, this that all the things that I'm like. Okay, I anticipate all that. Mm-hmm. Right. But those are the things like oh, you don't really think about that. That oh, you might do something like that, and you're right. Knowing my personality, I would probably weigh weigh on myself. And my buddy Justin, he gave me this advice the other day too. That I I was like, oh wow, that's. I wouldn't have thought about that, and I'm glad you said that because I, I could totally see this. And he go, he told me, he goes, um, go easy on your boys, your dogs. He goes, oh yeah. He goes, I. He goes, it's a good one. I, he goes, yeah. you know, uh, you're gonna be, you know, tired and frustrated, and they're gonna wake them up one time, or they're gonna, you know, make something difficult for you, and you're just gonna be already at your wits end. And he goes, man, a couple times I've just like fucking soccer kicked my dogs, mm-hmm. like just, and afterwards felt like a piece of shit for doing it. And I know I did it because I was so frustrated because of other shit that I was dealing with. And he goes, so. Go and I was like, oh wow, I haven't thought about it. And I know my boys; they're little shitheads sometimes, and so I can anticipate something like that happening. Just barely laying the baby down, finally getting some rest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, or do something and knock something over and be loud and be like, "Fuck!" Or to throw yeah. him down the stairs. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you know what is another another one that's well, really go, okay, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Justin. Well, I was just thinking about sleep patterns, and and uh, I know this might be a little controversial because some people want to make as much noise as possible, get them used to the noise, and, um, you know, like, uh, be able to still do the things that you're going to do, and, um, you know, be productive, and, and uh, you know, have people over, and like, so, you know, we, we kind of took the opposite approach of that, and really tried to keep a consistency, you know, in, in a sleeping pattern that was consistent as, as possible, and it was annoying to, to our friends and family on some level, uh, to where we would we would try and just like keep that something that they could count on, and it made a big difference in terms of like uh, you know the crying, the screaming, the behavior, like the because uh, a lot of times I mean they're just really fucking tired. 
they're tired, they want a lot of sleep, and they want to eat. And those are like the two indicators are like, how can I tell you this? To, to cry and scream. And uh, so we just, we really tried to respect that. We respect them to like, they need sleep just like we need sleep. And then that actually helped to then have them sleep through the night more effectively. Well, you also gave me some really good advice. You know, we had the opportunity a couple of weeks back where, you know, and what I love about talking to you guys is that you have multiple kids. And I remember I asked the question to you, Justin, I said, you know, is there something that you did with one and not the other that you go, fuck, I, sh- I wish I would have done that. Uh, uh-huh. And you talked about the food habits and yeah. and how much that's come to haunt you later on. Like you, the first one you were just made sure the food was pre- dialed. Yeah, dialed yeah. in. You you put the discipline in to do that. The second one, you're kind of like, ah, whatever. And then now that they're older, you're paying for it and realizing like, hey, that hard work of making sure that they were on a really good regimen mm-hmm. paid off on the firstborn who you put all that energy into, the second one you didn't. And that was something that I took heed to yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. I think too, if you're a good person, because um, I know you, you're a good person, you're a loving person, you're empathetic, you're not a piece of shit. So I think you're going to be a great dad a hundred percent. I don't think there's going to be any issues. You're going to make mistakes like everybody does, but you're going to be a good father. I get, I think as I think about it, the advice that you probably would benefit the most from is to avoid the pitfalls that a lot of men fall into when they have a child. And a lot of men, especially men who really take on responsibility, one of the big pitfalls that we tend to take on is because here's what ends up happening, you know, stereotype, right? We have a baby. The mom's like, oh my God, I just want to be at home with the kid all the time, whatever. Dad's like, I got to fucking work all the time. I got to make all this money. Everything has to be taken care of. And they become these crazy stress cases in that regard. That's the thing I'll say, be careful for that. It won't drive you to the point where you're going to, oh my God, I have a kid now. I have to be even more of a maniac with everything. And then the other thing is, because this gets real, this happens very easy, is so much is centered around having a kid. I need to work more. Everything needs to be set up more that you and your partner can really start to drift apart. And so the thing mm-hmm. that I think will mm-hmm. do you the best that will make you so much more effective, both of you so much more effective, is if you prioritize from day one, prioritize spending time together. And you're going to have to schedule it. It's not going to happen like it does now where you have a day, you go home and you and Katrina are like, hey, what do you want to do tonight? I don't know. Let's go out to dinner. It's much more difficult to do that when you have a baby because you need to have someone watch the kid or whatever. Yeah. You've got guys Scheduling here. It. Yeah, you've got guys here that'll watch your kids. Well, and, you have and, a lot uh, of help. And, and you which have help. Is great. Yeah. yeah, you're definitely going to want to use that. Schedule yeah. it. Schedule no, it. I think that's more incredible advice just because I see how difficult that is just as a, a grown 38-year-old man that's got a busy life, how much we have to already schedule. I can only imagine how 10x that becomes when a, a, an infant is now involved. So, no, I'm sure that will be something that I, I will have to be very proactive. And there's certain things that we're, we're doing already to get ourselves prepared for that. I mean, I'm already creating new habits for myself, uh, knowing that, uh, like, uh, okay, when this baby comes, I'm going to have need to put these habits in place if the, these are these priorities are going to get accomplished. Because as of right now, I make it to the gym and work out at my own leisure where- It's got to be structured. Right. Now. If it's not structured, there, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very difficult for her and I to make that yeah. time because we're at the mercy of the baby, yeah. right? But you Get know, a I, badass rocking chair. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's another advice. At the end of the day, dude, don't, you know, honestly though, too, you don't, don't overthink it. Don't over stress it too much. This, this child is going to be very blessed oh, yeah. being born to, to both you and Katrina. You're both smart. You're going to do it the best way you know how. Dude. Yeah, you're both That's, smart, responsible, yeah. hardworking, honest people. Um, you know, you're, there's going to be a lot of intuition that you're going to have. 
that uh, is going to tell you to do certain things for your kid that other people may say isn't the right thing. Listen to your intuition exists for a reason. Um, I remember, you know, people would tell us like, if your kid cries in the middle of the night, you know, let him cry it out or whatever. And I remember once my my son was crying. And to this day, I feel terrible about it. This he was crying, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? People say let him cry it out, but he had there was something to his cry that was a little bit. I was like, ah, I don't know if I. But I remember thinking like, no, 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 I'm gonna let him cry it out, and he cried for like fucking 90 minutes so finally i got up and went in there and the kid had pooped everywhere poor kid was crying because it was poop everywhere oh, and i remember yeah. feeling like i should have yeah. fucking listened to my intuition no, uh, yeah, you know it's true it does happen man. yeah dude like vomit so or whatever so yeah it's sometimes yeah they could be telling you something yeah yep so listen to that because yeah. you're born with that for a reason yeah. uh check it out go to mindpumpfree.com and download some guides they're all free they cost nothing and they're awesome also you can find us all on social media we're all on instagram Justin's page is Mind Pump Justin. My page is Mind Pump Sal. And Adam is Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.